so in all of this that we're talking about, the claiming, the unfolding, all of this, I know you speak about values and how these values help for this new vision of ourselves, right? To bring it to fruition. Can you please talk more about those values and how this is all connected? Yes, oh, I just dropped my pen. Yes, I love values. First, I wanna say with Zarina, uh, yeah, uh, competition and ladies out there, we are, remember we, outside forces are hitting us hard. And with social media and all that, we're getting hit over and over. And if you want to be a creator, stop being so much of a consumer of that stuff. Sit down, reflect on your beliefs, what you desire, and create it yourself because it lives inside of you. Women are creators. That is your innate power. That is your birthright, as Mel would say. This is where we get to align with our values. Forget everybody else's values, your values. So for me, values are very important. Do you know your top five values? <clears throat> if you don't know your top five values, I would say Google it. Um, there's a list and <clears throat> really start looking and exploring what your values are. But what happened, what I'm doing in my transformational work is that like, I needed to adopt certain values also. So my vision was, let's say my vision was for this to be happening, this live event, to be in front of you. That was one of my visions. Now, I had to adopt certain values that would help me get to this vision. I, was, I would say I was not very resilient when it came to business creating this business, this entrepreneurship. I was, that was not my forte. I was resilient in, in life because things were happening to me. But that's not the same thing as wanting a vision, wanting something, and then having to create resilience, consistency, passion, right? <clears throat> so your values are the pathway to your vision. It is who you get to be in your vision. It's not an eye level experience. It's something bigger than yourself and something you might not be used to. So in my work that I do, if you want to um, have a relationship or if you want to create a business or you want more self-love, you know, maybe you're not feeling those types of values right now. And maybe you say to yourself, well, what do I actually need to achieve that vision? What does it take for a person to create a relationship? What does it take for a person to create a business? What is it like, what values are needed? And so while it's important for you to know your top five values, sometimes your top five values will not take you to your vision. For example, I have a big, I don't know if you could tell, Freedom is one of my top five values, like D freedom. But sometimes that value would overtake the value of showing up consistently, consistently with my audience and my you, you guys and my business and following through and getting speaking. Like 
So sometimes my idea of freedom was like, I'd rather go do this than be resilient, be consistent. So our values are very, very uh, interesting. I play with them. I do believe that you get to adopt certain values and, and learn how to be that way, how to be more loving, how to be more expressive in your, uh, in your uh, like wants and needs and desires. So I do not believe like you're set with these values and that's it. I do believe that they, you can go into different values and shift into that. Embody those values is what I do in my work. We embody our values. And so that you can start adopting them and get what you want. I mean, don't you want to get what you want? It's like, yeah, I want to, that's what I want. That's okay. Um, so values, I'm passionate about values. As you can see, I get like, really into it. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, so values will transform your life. Um, so I'm going to ask Mel. Mel, I'm excited to hear about you. And because it must be fulfilling to watch like the metaphor metamorphosis. Thank you for that. That happens, right? Would you say as people start transforming, right? What would you say? Uh, you, would you say that you have experienced the same thing and what has opened up for you as far as like clarity, purpose, leadership, what, what are your insights into that? Yeah, Amy, thanks for that. But also thank you for the values conversation. I, I love that I did some work and got clear about what my values were in my business with another coach not that long ago and values it. And I love the fact that they're not permanent. You know, you can change them, they can evolve and, and you need values to, to drive you forward. So I absolutely love that share. Thank you for that. And yeah, watching the metamorphosis of my clients is, is just so, just such an honor and a gift and a blessing. Um, but I wouldn't be able to see that transformation in my clients if it wasn't for the transformation that I went through myself. And I, I, when I was going through all the trauma in my life, losing, you know, my brother to suicide, having sexual abuse, my parents divorcing and all of that stuff and going through all that pain and living in the treatment center. One of the things that kept me alive was knowing that someday that my experience was going to benefit others. Like I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I just knew that it was going to, it was going to benefit others. And my life, what I call it, it followed the breadcrumbs of spirit. And my passion was always to somehow use my experience to benefit others, but I never knew what that was going to look like. And at 18, I was really into Buddhism. And if you're familiar with the Bodhisattva vow, it's the vow to keep coming back lifetime after lifetime to alleviate the suffering of human beings. And when I was into Buddhism, I, I took that vow as a teenager and my passion to just keep helping me alleviate the suffering in humans and watching how that journey just kept leading me. I thought I was going to be a yoga teacher. So I studied yoga teacher training. Then I was going to be an energy healer and did Reiki and different other methodologies. And then came this point where I created the space in my life where I got to take some time off and figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up, which I'm never growing up just so we can get that clear. Um, but I was watching the show Hoarders for the first time. And I had this background in energy healing where I could hold really safe space for people. And then this love to create order out of chaos 
And watching the show, I was completely horrified of how they basically make someone make all these decisions about all their stuff in a very short amount of time. And I'm just like, you're traumatizing people all over again and causing way more harm than good. So it gave me the idea to create a business that would help people get to the root of the clutter so it didn't get that way in the first place and also keep it from coming back. And that was the start of me coalescing everything that I had learned. And as I've continued on that journey, I've just opened and expanded just so much more. I recently took a leadership training, which is like next level to what I've do, been doing with my clients, where you really, really understand the box that is limiting you and learn how to break through that box. And it's made me want to actually become a leadership trainer as the next level in what I'm doing with my clients and start teaching these leadership trainings. So the more and more I do the work that I teach my clients, because the same thing I teach my clients, I do every day, the more clarity I get in my life on my purpose and my passion, and it just keeps growing and my vision keeps getting bigger and bigger. And so it has been magic to watch what's happened in my life and be able to give that to others because ultimately the best way to get what you want is to give it away and giving what I've received in my life just keeps expanding my life, expands my clarity, expands my purpose. And I never thought it could get bigger, but it gets bigger and bigger every day. I just thought I was going to be the clutter expert. I was going to have this tiny little coaching business. And I was happy with that. I'm like, I can just get to serve these clients. And I don't want to be someone big like Tony Robbins or anything like that. I have no desire for that. But I had no idea how it would just continue to evolve and keeps continuing to evolve. So I have I can't even wait to see what life looks like just in like a year from now as my clarity and my purpose keep getting clearer and clearer. So thank you so much for this opportunity to share. I'd love to hear what Zarina has to say about, you know, being inspired. Like, what does it take to be inspired on a daily basis? What tools can people use to keep up the inspiration in their lives? Well, Mel, I can so much relate to what you just said about the constantly evolving values, passion, purpose, your vision even changes. I've also experienced the same. And, um, you know, it's, it's day by day, I'm constantly in search for myself. It's not like it, it's a given. People have this idea that once you have it, once it's written, it never changes. Of course, you can read it over and over again. Um, and if you let it go for a year, it would look different a year from now. So that's why I'm telling people journaling is one of the tools to keep yourself inspired. Uh, but you have to do it over time because you have quite convoluted ideas. Maybe if you do it once, if you start describing how you, you would like your life to look like, because one of the tools I uh, ask them to do is imagine a day of your life. What would you do in this day? How would you interact with the world? Would you meet your family? Would you meet um, how many times a day would you like to work or meet clients? Because most people, um, they want to achieve success or they, they're thinking about the thing they're doing, but they're not considering all the other um, aspects of their lives. So yes, they want to have enough time for their family and enough money to and earn a lot of money. So they imagine that they would have to um, work long hours and that confuses them a lot. But once you start writing what a day would look like, and you will see what is actually realistic 
in your mind and not only realistic, but moreover inspiring. Because when you start writing and you're like feeling, meh, I don't really want that. So it's not inspiring anymore. Say you wanted a CEO position or you wanted to be, um, what example did you give Mel? Uh, I forgot, Tommy Robbins. <laughs> I mean, what would this take from your life if you were Tony Robbins, right? It would take all other areas of life. You either focus or you balance. There's, there's no other way. So depending on what you want to focus at that time or which areas of life you want to balance, that this is what is going to give you the inspiration. This is what is going to make you happy. So focus on things that make you happy. So journaling by writing what you would like your day to look like is one of the tools to feel inspired. Another tool actually is gratitude because when we get stuck, the first thing you do is to get unstuck, to get out of this um, funk is to start practicing gratitude. That's the first thing, really the easiest thing. Um, what else? Daydreaming. People forget. You think that daydreaming is only a, a privy to children. You forget to daydream at some point. I've, I even thought that daydreaming was a waste of time. And then I discovered it as a tool to just allow yourself to dream even unrealistically sometimes we have to allow ourselves to just dream unrealistically maybe we get inspiration and feel happy because in this allowance to drop our logical minds sometimes not always but at times we need to drop them we feel the happiness we feel the inspiration yeah so these are some of the tools i use shall we move to marcy <laughs> marcy um so we talk about brilliance today. Do we all have brilliance and how do we find it? Great question. Um, right off the cuff, yes, we all have brilliance. Here's the issue. The issue is we are so busy comparing ourselves to others that we think that our brilliance is supposed to look like theirs. Or we think that our brilliance is supposed to look like this or take us here, or we should be doing that. And this is because, again, we're so programmed to live our life on the outside of us, always looking to others. Um, and we look for, we look for like signs that we think are going to bring our purpose and our passion to us from others. And all we're doing is adding to the confusion because what we're doing then is actually contorting ourselves to try to live up to the expectations of others, to live up to how they see us or what they think we should be doing. And there is nothing further from the truth. In fact, how about this? We can't even find our passion or our purpose when we are involved in that. When we are living our lives according to other people's definition of how our life should look and be, we're lost. And this is why we experience so much confusion in our lives. It's why we experience so much detachment. We feel detached from the world, from other people. 
and we start to shrink down because of it. Well, here's what happens. This, of course, is exactly what the energy of the ego mind wants to happen because it believes that it's somehow keeping us safe. But what happens is that when we stay in that contracted state, we close ourselves off to everything that's actually available to us. But we also are closing ourselves off to the relationship that we need to be cultivating with our higher self. Our higher self, you might say, is kind of in cahoots with our soul, right? With we as a soul. And it's constantly providing these opportunity for our soul's expansion. So those two aspects of energy work together in a partnership. Well, if you're cut off from that communication with your higher self, you're cut off from yourself as the soul that holds within it everything that you need to fulfill, everything you've come here to experience. So you see what we're actually doing is sabotaging ourselves to the point where we lose sight of who we are, but we also lose connection to who we are. And we lose connection to the very source of the information that is here to support us and guide us. We make such a mess of things, but what happens when we start to sort this out, and that by the way, can only happen when you close yourself off to the expectations that others have of you. And mind you, I didn't say close ourselves off from others. The truth of the matter is, is that we're one. So we're connecting with each other constantly. But we come into our greater sense of self, the sovereignty that we have been granted as creators of all experiences. It's not created through what we're living up to through others. It's only created when we come into and connect with the core of ourselves. So I know, Amy, you have more to say about this. Um, and I'd love for you to talk more about this struggle that happens when people are searching to find their purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's been the last like uh, three years where this purpose was this, you know, billboard up on a Broadway stage where it's like this shiny thing that's so obvious and so big. And I'm going to encourage you to really let that idea go. And that, you guys, I'm just saying like the women, uh, Zarina, Marcy, we're all, you know, it's really about slowing down enough to hear and understand your purpose. Oftentimes we're, we think this is a huge thing. That's our first thing that gets in the way. The second thing is that we think it's this ultimate goal when it, in my life, it's been an evolution. And I allow the evolution, like one of my biggest evolutions came in my meditation class in my women's circle meditation class. And it came to me in the form of my little girl showing itself herself to me for the first time. And me recognizing, oh my God, that's me. That is who I was meant to be. 
when I had that vision, when she came to me in that meditation, my purpose then became to unravel, undo all these conditioning that were put on me so that I could get back to that little girl. So when we slow down and actually, and you know, I'm very, uh, I have a lot of energy, can you tell? So it's very important <laughs> that I put myself into places where I slowed down enough that I can reflect, I can allow my purpose to show itself to me at that moment. Your purpose at this moment might be to get out of the, a toxic relationship and who you get to be as you take those steps forward. Your purpose at this time might be to like my purpose to start shedding all this crap that is put on us as women, okay? And, and get back to our core superpowers of who we were born as. And then that is when we're even more open to our purpose and understanding that once you go through that purpose, you go through that transformation, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, now what's next? Like, what do I get to explore next? So purpose to me is, at, it's, a, it's at a micro level almost, and we make it too big. Slow down, reflect by journaling. That's what, that's like my first of my four step process is to reflect. Reflect on what our beliefs, we believe our beliefs are. Because if we don't flush those out, we, it, we won't find ways around them. Unless we flush out what we actually believe about certain things, uh, we can't even know what we're, we're trying to change. So it's very important that you slow down, journal, reflect like, oh, what does that actually mean? What does like empowerment actually mean to you? Like slow down and start defining these things so we can start flushing them out and redefining. So know that right now your purpose at this moment is to be here with us. And how can you be better, do better? How can you show up being like, who do you get to be in this moment? Just know that this is your purpose right now. Mel, I'm going to ask you, um, you know, as you've taken on this whole leadership role, which is sounds uh, new and exciting, which is also uh, such an energy behind it. It's a beautiful energy behind it. Um, Even to the point of view, as you said earlier, like you're, you're thinking about like even training leaders and future leaders, um, how will this change the way you work uh, with your clients? Like what is, what are your main, uh, what are the main tenets also of leadership, do you believe? Yeah, great question. I love that, you know, leadership is actually one of my core values and it's interesting to see how you know, the breadcrumbs of spirit led me to this training where when I walked in the very first day, I was like, this is next level of what I want to do with my clients. Because what I've been doing with my clients all along is 
removing the inner clutter so they can experience their birthright, which is to be happy and abundant in every area of their lives. And what the inner clutter is, is repressed emotions, resentments, fears, limiting beliefs and judgments, and all that stuff that we accumulate as we experience trauma as an, in loss, as we grow up with parents who don't have an instruction manual, and we accumulate all of this stuff. And I have great tools and techniques that, I, that help my clients, but when I went through this training myself, even after doing 30 years of therapy and doing this work that I've done on myself, it was revealed that there's just so much more there. Like we're never done. Me as the clutter expert, never done. Like we always, we have this programming that we've gotten as we grew up and all of this stuff that accumulates that we don't even really know because our cells remember everything. We don't consciously remember it, but our cells remember everything. And in taking this work in, 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 I was just like, oh my God, this is so next level to what I want to do with my clients. So it really has helped me already start working with my clients differently. And like I said earlier, like we have, we have this box that we live in that we don't really realize that we live in. We have our programming and our limiting beliefs and it keeps us inside this box and we can never get out of the box but we can keep expanding the box. And that's what leadership training is all about is continuing to keep expanding your box, expanding your vision, expanding what's possible in your life and ultimately standing as source for a transformed world. It's ultimately being a leader. The main tenet of leadership is what we call level four responsibility where there's, you know, I take responsibility for something or I know I'm responsible. We have these ways of speaking, but in this leadership capacity, it's knowing that you source everything in your life so that you can have the experiences that you need so that your soul can evolve and be the person that you came here to be. So for instance, I crashed my truck on a windy mountain road uh, back in October of last year. And instead of being in a state of blame or this happened or that happened, I knew that I created that experience. Now, I didn't intentionally drive my truck off the road. I'm not saying that. But I knew that I sourced that experience so that uh, a limiting belief that I was still carrying could be revealed to me so that I could start clearing it. Up until that point, I, I had the belief that I didn't deserve to live because I ruined everything. And sourcing that experience, and it's a windy mountain road that my truck Technically, any other person that crashes on that road, they go off the cliff and they blow up in a fiery ball of flames. My truck bounced towards the cliff and rolled back to the same side of the road I was driving on, only facing the wrong direction, right side up, and I had no injuries. And so if I didn't have the belief that I deserved to live up until that point, that was a really big awareness for me to start owning my power, which then led me to to the leadership training actually, which was super powerful. And so stepping into that work and, and seeing what shifted and opened up in my life has just made me want to continue to become a trainer of the work as the next level in what I do. And I don't know if it's necessarily with my clients per se or training these leadership trainings themselves, but I know it's going to impact every area of my life as it already has. And the leadership component is just so powerful. So thank you for that question. And now I want to hear from Zarina because this is such a powerful topic about, you know, being in contribution and service versus self-sacrifice. So how can someone make the distinction between being in a state of contribution and service and sacrificing themselves? 
Thanks a lot, Mel, for this question. Um, let's first start with the contribution, why it is important. Um, in the prince in the courses that I teach, this is one of the main principles that you need to contribute, uh, but never on behalf of yourself. So you have to put yourself first always. Um, so whenever you're working towards, I don't know, manif manifesting a new job, a new experience, a new business, anything in life, a new relationship, your first priority is you. And then anything else is secondary, but it has to exist. It's a principle that at least one other person needs to benefit from what you want. Otherwise, it's egocentric. So there needs to be a give and take by directional flow of energy. And that's why at least one other person needs to benefit or the society as a whole. And this is, you know, keep this in mind as a principle in whatever tools you use. This is a major manifestation principle. If nobody's benefiting from what you want, then it's ego driven. And this doesn't mean that you cannot manifest material things. You can, but still they need to be of contribution to somebody else. And now the major uh, clash between contribution and self-sacrifice that I see from my clients uh, comes from money. So they always ask me, but will I be, how am I going to make money from this? So I, I have this passion, I'm inspired by this, but how am I going to make money? Or how am I going to jump off ship from my corporate career, start a business? And they're basically two things that are important to answer this question. One is that um, there's usually some sort of a money block or a misconception that, that somebody has about making money that is a limiting belief. I think Mel just talked, or maybe Amy just talked about limiting beliefs. Mel just talked about limiting beliefs. It's a limiting belief that just needs to go. And there are many ways one can uh, deal with these limiting beliefs through a logical way reasoning as amy said use your reason you can do a lot of with your reason not simply by using woohoo techniques i don't call them woohoo techniques because i know they work but you can also use your reason if you're more prone to use your reasoning right so uh, allow yourself to logically think of why this limiting belief is not valid so that's the first thing to uh, to remove when when it comes to money um and then the, the other thing is that, um, I lost my train of thought, but uh, there were two things I wanted to say regarding uh, the distinction between self-sacrifice and um, inspiration, or what was the contribution, question? Contribution, contribution. Contribution, yes, contribution. The thing is, nobody can be of contribution unless you are on your purpose and full contribution, like the, the ultimate contribution you can give is on your purpose. And yes, purpose has been expanded as a big concept, but in the end, it comes down to you being inspired and feeling happy. You feeling like it's your place, you can give the best of you at this very moment. And it's really not that complicated when you realize it's not a huge thing. You just have to feel inspired and happy and everything needs to feel comfortable in your life. It doesn't mean that there are not going to be any challenges. We are, as Marcy said, faced with challenges all the time. So 
challenges will come and go, but your your general self-centeredness and stability and the way you your outlook on life should be inspired and happy. That's what purpose is. And unless you're doing that, and unless you are also taking the money for your service, so also taking care of yourself when you're serving another, uh, then you're not fully on your purpose. And that comes back again to uh, the question, the, the distinction between self-sacrifice and, and service. I, I went a bit on the tangent of money, but this is because most of my clients um, come to me when they want to change jobs or they, when they want to start a business, when they want to transition into a healing or energy work or something like that. And, and that's their major concern, basically. How do I serve? Because I want to serve with my skills, but at the same time, I think I'm not going to make enough money. And yes, if you are fully inspired, the, the way to get there will come to you. First of all, remove the blocks. Second of all, the, the road to get there will come to you bit by bit. Yeah. <laughs> As you can see, I'm very forcefully passionate when I speak about these things. It's because I've been through them as well. So uh, I feel for people that, uh, that have this struggle in their head. Um, all right. And so we're moving to Marcy. Um, all right, we're talking about self-love and passion again. What does self-love have to do with passion, Marcy? How is passion linked to self-love and purpose? How are the three connected? So, and I think everyone here actually has done just an incredible job of, of connecting all of these dots um, because none of these things are possible without truly loving yourself. But the first thing that actually has to happen, and this is, is really just kind of coming in here, um, is that you need to know yourself. One of the things that has been popping up as I'm listening to all of you, um, all of your brilliance, is that the work that each of you have done has really brought you to a place of knowing yourselves, knowing yourselves in a way that society, cultures, your families, um, those around you, like, didn't allow you to know yourself. And all of that clearing, all of that letting go, all of that delayering has brought each of us, I'm including myself in this, to this place of, of truly knowing myself. And here's what happens. And I love, Mel used this word earlier, magic. It's sheer magic. When you know yourself and you accept yourself as who you are, when you are challenged um, by all of the constraints that your culture, societies, religions, whatever it is that have placed upon you. You may have an initial reaction of guilt, for instance, maybe even shame, you know, not living up to that. 
But here's what happens when you know yourself so well, when you are so connected, so grounded to the truth of you, you can dissolve that energy just like that. The guilt, the shame, it suddenly goes from being in the forefront and you shrinking down and contracting to like moving into your periphery. It is the most amazing thing. And what it reminds me of getting back to that magic again, it's like that magic wand. And it just like dissipates. And you start to shine again. You start to own who you are again. It's like, and I'll go back to that that recent conversation with that person who was very close to me, was so disappointed in me. Bam! Not here to live up to your expectations. Like there wasn't a question in my mind. And this is what I want to encourage you to really do, to keep in the forefront of your heart as you are traveling this incredible journey as a human, because you are dressed in this form, but the brilliance of you is formless. It's formless. And so as we are constantly drawing from the formless, we actually are building strength. We're building power. Um, we spoke of resiliency, of flexibility. Those words are so important to be embodied because only once we do that, do we have the ability to step in to our brilliance, to really claim it, our passion, our purpose, but so important is that we know ourselves as this truth. And that incredibly is actually a prerequisite to self-love. You first have to know yourself that deeply. Like I think Amy was saying, you know, to, to know like, okay, I, I have this in my past and it might come up like this. But it doesn't mean we beat ourselves up over that. It means, ah, we have a revelation. And in that revelation, we can change anything because that's where our free will, our choice comes up. And so in self-love, it is in the knowing of ourselves accepting of ourselves, accepting that each one of us comes here, and this might blow you away. At this point, we have been living perfection. All those things we've experienced, perfection. All those things, all those moments of suffering, all of that, you know, just like disbelief, disconnect, all of that perfection. We have perfectly experienced our lives to bring us to where we are. And so you've heard us speak about this gratitude as being so key. We must be grateful for us. We must be grateful for how we've lived, for how we have become so resilient through these experiences. 
And of course, how we are here, and I'll, again, I have to say, I love, Zarina, that you brought in this whole partnership because nothing is created without giving and receiving. If you're just giving, the energy dies with the giving. If you are just receiving, the energy dies with the receiving. And we, of course, want energy to flow because energy is infinite. And as it is in its infinite flow, we are in flow with it. It can then flow through us, extending itself through us. And that's when we really shine. Our purpose, our passion, and of course, that brilliance is undeniable. And what's so amazing is we get to these places and um, people like look at us differently. I know I've had people say to me, like, what's, what's happened to you? <laughs> Where did you come from? And without someone having experienced it, they won't understand it. But all I can say to you is embrace every single part of it. Glorify it. Be grateful for it. And that loving of yourself becomes the primary aspect of your life. And everything changes. Thank you.